Welcome to this week's energy show. You've heard me talk a lot about solar electric rates, particularly net metering. Well, good news is that the California Public Utilities Commission announced their final decision at the end of January about net metering. And it's good news for current and future solar customers in California. But more on that later, because there's a much more immediate issue related to your electric rates, particularly for people who have solar. There's a change to the rate schedules for existing solar customers and and new solar customers. Basically, the best time-of-use rates are going away in March of 2016. So it's crucial, if you have solar now, that you make sure that you're on the best electric rate to optimize your economics for your system. And we're going to talk about the details of that in a minute. Now, this advice really applies to people in PG&E territory, but it also will apply to other California utility districts if they are making this same kind of change. So my advice is if you're in PG&E territory, pay close attention, take notes. It's complicated. And if you're not in PG&E territory, you want to check with your utility and your solar installer just to see if they can help you with guidance on whether or not you should change to a different electric rate schedule in anticipation of this thing called net metering 2.0, which we're going to talk about in a minute. All right. So before we get started, I have a question. Do you like the harmonica? Good. Then here we go. From senators, congressmen, please heed the call. Don't stand in the doorway, don't lock up the hall. For he that gets hurt will be he who has stalled. The battle outside raging will soon shake your windows and rattle your walls for the times they are changing. All right. Well, I'm glad you're still with us after that wailing harmonica and the fact that the times they are changing. Bob Dylan sung about that heck like 30, 40 years ago. Anyway, so what's happening is that the E6 time-of-use rates are going to be closed to new customers in March. Now, these are currently the best electric rate you can go on if you have solar. Now, the people who have solar since, you know, prior to 2008, in many cases, went on something called the E7 rate. That rate has been closed to new customers for, heck, like eight years or so. And that rate's going to be eliminated. And what I want you to do is look at your electric bill and find out if you're on the E7 rate, E1 rate, or E6 rate, and then we can kind of step through what your options are. Now, the first thing to talk about is what time-of-use rates are. And, And this all has to do with some of the biggest benefits that solar provides to the grid and solar provides to you as a, as a homeowner or a business owner with solar. The time of use rates are basically a situation where the electric rate the utility charges you varies during the day, during the time period. So the time of use rates started, heck, like 15, 20 years ago when the utilities noticed that most of the electric demand was happening between 10 o'clock in the morning and 2 or 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Why? Because during the summer, when it was hot, 
businesses had their air conditioning on and everybody's at work and the businesses are cranking along and we're drawing a lot of power. And that's when the grid would basically run out of capacity to serve the demand from everyone. And we've had situations where there were actually rolling blackouts in California back in 2001. And it even happens on a local basis sometimes where there's so much demand for electricity from air conditioning that, that there may be a transformer blowing out. So what the utilities did with the, with the cooperation of the Public Utilities Commission, and it's a good thing to do, is they said, gee, one way of incentivizing our business and residential customers not to use electricity during these peak times is to have a higher rate for electricity during those peak times. So that's what time of use is. When you're using the electricity at peak times, they charge you more. And we're going to talk about what those costs are, but in some cases it's two or three times more than when people aren't using electricity a lot, say in the middle of the night, although that's changing too. So these time of use rates started with the peak time during the day from 10 to 2, and it was great for solar. Here's why it was great for solar customers. When are you going to be generating the most solar energy? around solar noon, 10 to 2 or, you know, 1 to 11 to 3 o'clock or something like that. And you're able, with a, as a solar customer, business or residential, to actually run your meter backwards during those peak times and actually get credit at a higher value than the normal time. So here's an example. The peak period might be, let's say, uh, 10 to 2 in the, in the past, and the electric rate was 30 cents a kilowatt hour then, and maybe 10 cents a kilowatt hour in the middle of the night. Well, if you can run your electric meter backwards at 30 cents a kilowatt hour, your economics for solar get much, much better. But naturally, here's what happened. The utilities woke up and realized that solar customers were really getting a pretty good deal. This improved the economics of their system. Now, the penetration level of solar was, was tiny, less than a percent, and it's, it's still down around 1% or 2% in California. So it's not a meaningful amount of money, but you can see how this trend could continue, and it will eventually impact the utilities' revenue. So what the utilities started to do is they – and all utilities that have time-of-use rates have done this – They've started to shift that peak period to later in the day. So instead of from 10 to 2, they shifted it from 11 to 3. And now I think one of the peak periods, I'm just going to go take a look and see what it is. On the 6 rate, which is a common one, the peak period is now 1 o'clock to 7 p.m. You're not going to generate any electricity late in the day. The sun's almost down. But, you know, you're still generating a good amount at 1. But you see that the bell curve of when solar is generating electricity doesn't map up to exactly when these these peak rate periods happen and you're not getting as much of an economic benefit for solar. Now, why did they do this? The other reason why they did this is realistically, the peak demand for electricity in California and other states has also been shifting towards later in the day. Some places like Hawaii have peaks happening in the evening. They don't have a lot of business using air conditioning during the day, but when people come home after work, they're all turning on their lights, they're running their air conditioners then, that's when they do their laundry, and so the peaks have been moving later and later. The other thing that's happened is, you know, once again, economics, solar's become so popular, especially on utility and, and grid scale, that there's a lot of electricity being generated by solar during the peak of the day. 
So when the utilities look at it and say, when do we have to run our fossil fuel plants, our natural gas plants, or even our old coal plants, it turns out that they're having to run those in the afternoon, not around noon. And, and those plants and actually those peaks are happening much later in the day. So it does make some sense for them to shift the peaks later, but the impact on people with solar is it reduces the the amount of money that you can generate reduces the savings you get from your system. All right. So what's what's going to happen with the new version of net metering, net metering 2.0? The peaks are going to be from 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. at night. And by the way, these peaks always happen on weekday afternoons. So they're not really considering peak periods on weekends or holidays because that's when there's no businesses running. But it's on weekday afternoons. So with net metering 2.0, when the peaks are from 3 to 8 p.m., there's almost no sun. So you're not going to be able to run your meter backwards to any material level when the peaks are so late, even if you were to put those panels on the west roof. So what you want with an electric rate, if you can get it, are rates that match as closely as possible to your peak generating times. And, and what's also ironic is that as these peaks get pushed later and later, people who have solar on the south roof are saying, gee, you know, I'm generating a lot of electricity around noon and I'm not getting a great credit for it, maybe I'll put in batteries. So ironically, what's going to happen is it's going to spur the development of battery storage. So, so it's, the technology of solar and batteries is moving a lot faster than the, the evolution of the utility business model. But that's, that's a, a topic for other shows. Now, here's what's going to happen. And I mentioned that the E6, ta- E6 time of year reuse rates are going to be closed to customers in March, and E7 is going to be eliminated. As soon as these new... Net metering 2.0 rates become available this spring. And we don't know, you know, it's supposed to happen sometime in March, although the transition is going to happen later. That's when PG&E is going to completely end its E6 and E7 rates. They're not going to let anybody go on to those rates anymore. And they're going to say you got to go on the new rates, which we talked about are not as good. Peaks are in the afternoon. So here's what you need to do. You need to look at your electric bill if you have solar and find out what rate you're on. And then you can kind of listen to what we're talking about as far as my recommendations for that. So the upshots, and this is just kind of a summary. If you have solar and you're a homeowner, we recommend that you immediately change to the E6 rate because you can still get that rate. It's February, you know, maybe early March. You can still get that rate. And you can preserve that rate option for the future. And you actually preserve it for 20 years because that rate's going to be grandfathered. If you wait until... March or April, when that rate goes away, you're going to be stuck with the new net metering 2.0 rates, so which aren't as good. So to summarize, if you're on the E6 rate already, look at your electric bill. If you're on E6, don't, you don't have to do anything. You can just turn off this show or just hold on a minute and we'll talk about some net metering topics, other net metering topics in a few minutes. So that net metering rate, E6, is supposed to stay in place till at least 2020, and then it's going to also keep you on net metering 1.0. Now, If you are on the old E7 rate, and this is for old solar customers who had their systems installed, say, prior to 2008. It's not hundreds of thousands, but I know at uh, at my old company, Akina and Westinghouse, we installed a lot of systems on this rate. If you are on the E7 rate right now, immediately change to the E6 rate. Pick up the phone and call PG&E. Their number is 800-743-5000, and they can kind of help step you through what rates to change and how to change to the E7 rate. And I've done that at my house already. So we went from E7 to E6. 
And if you forget to do that, what's going to happen is in March or April, PG&E is going to automatically switch all the E7 customers to the new time of use rate, which isn't as good. Okay, now, if you're on an EV rate, and, and EVs are, have their own separate rate, it also has a time of use component, and you charge your vehicle at night, I'd say stay on that EV rate. It's a pretty good rate. You're using a lot of electricity late at night, and that's you know, after 11 p.m., which is when the, the uh, complete off-peak period kicks in, and that's the best way to charge your vehicle. If you're on the E1 rate, which has always been the standard tiered block rate for consumers in California, you have a little bit of a choice. So my advice is if you're on E1 and you do not use a lot of electricity during weekday afternoons, in other words, you're working, there's nobody home, you don't have the air conditioning going, you don't have your pool pump running in the afternoons, I still recommend that you change to the E6 rate. No big deal. Just pick up the phone and say go from E1 to E6. The E1 rate is really good for people who have are at home during the day or have small solar systems. So it's good if you can't really run your electric meter backwards in a, in a significant way during the day. And the other thing is all the current solar customers who are uh, have a system are going to be considered to be on net metering 1.0. And if you decide to go from E1 to E6 shortly so that you can get to, get onto that, that old E6 rate before it goes away, you can always go back to E1. So it's kind of an experiment you can do. Once again, you pick up the phone, call PG&E, and they can take care of it. There's no big downside to changing to the E6 rate, and it's very hard to mathematically calculate should you do it or not. It's just like way too much data. But I would just suggest go from E1 to E6. All right. So these rate changes, <laughs> extremely complicated, but I'm a big advocate for solar. And we want you to achieve the maximum benefits from your system, regardless of, of who put it in. So you want to kind of check with your solar installer. If you have a third-party ownership situation, sometimes they may have some input into your rates. But check with your installer. Check with the utility. Call PG&E at 800-743-5000 to figure out what the best rate option is and then kind of go from there. Now, I talked about what to do. and I'm going to just summarize what these rates are, what they mean. It's kind of complicated. So E7 rate, this was the old rate. It, ra- it currently ranges from $0.16 cents in the middle of the night up to $0.54 cents during the day. And that's why E7 is so good because if you can run your electric meter backwards at $0.54 cents a kilowatt hour and then you're you know, using power in the evenings or on weekends at 16. It's a great deal. Now, the, and also the peak on the E7 is noon to 6. So you are getting a pretty good amount of solar generation. But as I said, that rate's going away. The only rate that you can currently get is the E6 rate. And as I mentioned, that peak is from 1 to 7 p.m. during weekdays. And the rate ranges from $0.34 cents to $0.51. Cents. It's, once, it's a tiered rate, so if you're a high consumer or a high net generator, you can actually generate at $0.51 cents a kilowatt hour. It's pretty good. And then they have partial peak periods in the mid-morning, in the early evening, and then off-peak is basically after 11 p.m. That's, that's like nighttime. And off-peak rates are really cheap. They're like $0.15 cents or so. So those are the two basic solar rates that have been pretty popular. The EV rate is also out there. And the EV rate is very similar to the E6 rate, although it's a little bit higher. It's $0.44 a kilowatt hour during the summer during peak. And the peak is from 2 to 9 p.m. weekdays. And it's $0.31 a kilowatt hour during off-peak. And then they have the partial peak period, early morning and and, uh, early evening. And then off-peak, 
on the EV rates is after 11 p.m. So it's 11 cents a kilowatt hour after 11 p.m. So that's why when you have an electric vehicle, you set your charger to charge only after 11 p.m. Now, ironically, what's what's happening in, in the state is everybody with an EV is saying, oh, I'm going to just set my charger to start charging at 11 p.m. at night. When a lot of EVs start tapping into the grid at 11 o'clock at night, you're going to see a peak happening at 11 p.m. Now, we're not quite there yet, but it'll happen. And then they're going to have to change the rates again. So this is, this is one of those things that just always, always changes. All right. So it's complicated. I know there's a summary of all these rate choices on the Spicy Solar blog on their website at cinnamonsolar.com. So... I know I went through a lot of numbers, a lot of data. This is all summarized on the blog post for today's radio show. All right. So now, on for some less confusing but still very, very good news. I hope you're still with me. I have to say that the solar advocacy teams did a really great job persuading and convincing the California Public Utilities Commission not to kill solar in California. It could have happened. So hats off to the California Solar Energy Industries Association, the National Solar Industry Industries Association based in Washington, D.C., Vote Solar, which is another advocacy group, and others. And, and hats off to all the, the homeowners and business owners and customers and solar companies that just literally delivered wheelbarrows full of petitions to the California Public Utilities Commission to, to really convey to them the level of interest that, that solar has in the state and the number of jobs and the benefits that it's providing. Now, you got to remember that the utilities literally spent millions of dollars fighting this. But I would say in this case, they lost. And compared to what happened in Nevada or Hawaii, we really got a good good result. It was close. The vote at the CPUC, California Public Utilities Commission, was very close. It came down to three, four keeping net metering in a good level, and two people who kind of wanted to really not kill solar or, or come up with rates that wouldn't be nearly as favorable. Now, what's happening is these new decisions are called net metering 2.0. Now, net metering 2.0 is not quite as good as net metering 1.0, but it still provides nice solid incentives and as the cost for solar continue to come down and as the cost of electricity inevitably continues to go up, there'll be a vibrant solar industry here. And as I mentioned, terrible decision um, was made by the Nevada Public Utilities Commission. They basically decided to wipe out net metering. And the same thing happened in Hawaii. They, they basically really said there's the, the net metering deal is basically we're going to give you the wholesale rate for what you generated, which is completely unfair because it's just so expensive for homeowners to do that. They're investing in their own system and for them to get seven or eight cents a kilowatt hour back and while they're being charged like 40 is just not right. But that's what happened. It could have happened in California. It didn't. And the, the advocacy groups in the solar industry are working really hard to make sure that more states around the country end up with favorable net metering policies like California as opposed to terrible ones like Nevada. Now, here's the basics of this recent California Public Utilities Commission CPUC decision. And these these changes are going to go into effect throughout California when each major utility hits their net metering cap. So there's a, I think it's like 5% of total consumption, 5% of total demand. When we get to that, then net metering 2.0 kicks in. That time frame is going to hit in PG&E sometime this summer. And it's going to hit during the spring in San Diego Gas and Electric Territory, which is down in the San Diego area. And then also in the Edison Territory, which is more kind of an LA area. So those areas are closer to their net metering caps. There's more solar there. So 
let me tell you what the decision that the CPUC made. Really a pretty, pretty fair, reasonable decision. Balancing the needs of the utilities to continue to make money, balancing the needs of consumers, businesses, and homeowners to really benefit from clean, renewable electric power. First thing, all current net metering customers are going to be grandfathered for 20 more years. In other words, they can't take your net metering away. They can't change the rules of the game. Nevada changed the rules of the game. It's going to result in a nightmare of lawsuits, and it already has started. And it also clobbered the solar industry in Nevada. So California, you're grandfathered to 20 years. If your current electric rate is $0.34 a kilowatt hour, you will get to run your electric meter backwards at that full rate for 20 years. No extra charges, no extra fees, nothing else that's going to kind of poison your solar. Now, the second thing is that there's about a $100 connection fee for new net metering customers. New net metering, PG&E is going to kick in sometime this spring or early summer, and there's going to be a $100 fee. Right now, there is no fee. And the $100 fee, I'd say it's kind of fair. There's a bunch of paperwork to do for net metering. The second thing is customers are going to have to pay for what are called non-bypassable charges, NBC is what we call it. These, are, these non-bypassable charges are things that all citizens, all businesses have to pay. The three components are the public goods charge, and these are things that, that really fund research into the new electric grid, new technology, things like that. Also, it includes nuclear decommissioning. Well, you know, I bet you didn't know that it takes, it used to take 10 years to build a nuclear plant, and then it takes like 30 or 40 years to take one apart. So there's a lot of money that, that is being spent in California over, you know, it's going to take 50 years to decommission our old nuclear plants. And then the third thing is that there's a cost for old bonds that the state took out in 2001 as a result of the energy crisis. So these charges, non-bypassable charges, amount to about two and a half cents a kilowatt hour. So if your electric rate was 34 cents a kilowatt hour, you're going to be able to get reimbursed when you're running the meter backwards at 31 and a half. Not a big deal. I think it's fair. I think we got have to continue to support these these non-bypassable charges. Now, remember, when you only have to pay this when you're running the meter backwards, if you just reduce your consumption or if the appliances in your house are consuming more than you generate, you still get all the benefits of solar. As I said, there's nothing we can do about it. The decision's made, and we're stuck with nuclear decommissioning. We're stuck with the energy crisis, and the public goods charges are beneficial. So it's a it's a fair trade-off. Now, realistically, I also think electric rates are going to continue to go up, so it's okay. Finally, all new customers of solar, when net metering 2.0 kicks in, must go on time-of-use rates. So you no longer have the opportunity to go on a fixed rate like E1. And also, as I mentioned... We spent a little bit of time talking about it. These time of use rates are kicking in much later in the day, 3 to 8 p.m. So you're really going to be running your electric meter backwards during the partial peak times, which aren't as good as the, as the peak times, but that's life. What, what that also means is that people are going to be putting more solar arrays on the west side because they generate more power in the afternoon. It also means that people are going to start putting storage in place, put the array on the south, maximize your kilowatt hour generation, and capture that electricity and use it another time. Okay, we talked a lot about things today. Here's the summary. Go to cinnamonsolar.com to see our recommendations on the changes you may want to make to your electric rates in PG&E territory. It's going to be on the Spicy Solar blog on the Cinnamon Solar website. Call your utility to get their advice on changing your rates and call your solar installer if they're still picking up the phone. Since the current net metering is better than future net metering, so right now, February, March time frame, here, 
in PG&E territory, if you're thinking about solar, do it now because if you wait until later in the summer, you're going to go on net metering 2.0. It's not going to be quite as good as net metering 1.0. So that's about it. And then, uh, as I mentioned, Bob Dylan's sum things up. Oh, the times they are changing. Well, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for joining us today. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamonsolar.com and listen to the podcasts. Oh, 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 oh